0: Hey everybody, this is John. Before the episode starts, I just wanted to mention a few things. First off, sorry about the delay. The show's release schedule has been pretty consistent every other Wednesday. But due to my schedule, I had to drop this a day late. It's not a big deal, but I, you know, just thought I'd mention it. Also, this is our longest episode to date. Fortunately, I trimmed it down to under two hours. I just want to assure anyone listening who might have been put off by the runtime, it's quality from start to finish. And that is an unbiased opinion. Trust me. Lastly, I noticed while editing that certain points, the recording is noticeably spotty. Luckily, they're very brief and intermittent, but like I said, it is noticeable. Hopefully, it will, you won't find it too distracting. In any case, hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Okay, <clears throat> gotta do the intro. <sighs> Hello world, welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It's, uh, well, I wish I could say we, it's been a great day, but unfortunately it hasn't been uh, for the most part. But before we get started on that, let me welcome my guest, returning guest, Jasmine. How are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing good, John.
0: Oh uh, yeah, we, uh... For those who uh, <laughs> we had a we we me and Jasmine had like a twenty minute conversation before we got recording. It was a pretty interesting conversation, wouldn't you say, Jasmine? <laughs> I'd say
1: so. I would agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> we were in the trust tree. That's all I'll say. Oh sure. <laughs> but on an on a more serious note, we're recording this on Monday night. Unfortunately, I think everyone in this country and the world woke up to some pretty tragic news. Late, it was late Sunday night, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was – unfortunately, Sunday night in Las Vegas at a a country music concert, I don't even – the deadliest mass shooting in United States history. Fun – well, not fun fact, but interesting fact is it broke the record of the nightclub shooting – the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, which only held the record for about 16 months because that seems to be – the new norm in this country it's 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 very tragic it's very sad 50 58 people they said last
1: that's the last number that i heard 58 dead and 500 plus still injured
0: yeah that's you
1: know
0: I, I, the only I, I don't know why i use this measurement but it always it just I, I think about this 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 is my reference point like my graduating class was about 136 140 i think give or take And I don't know why, but I always think in those terms and I'm just thinking like if fifty people in my high school graduating class just just died in one foul swoop, I that that's just it's I had a hard time wrapping my brain around the entire situation. It's definitely difficult to quantify.
1: I mean, my entire high school had less than five hundred people in it. Yeah. So
0: it's rough. It's. I mean, it pales in comparison to what the victims and their loved ones and their family members are going through right now. But it's just like I, I. I know people say this all the time, but it it ruined my morning. Like I needed to. I had to go look for something to laugh at because I. I felt physically. I felt like I was going to get physically sick just thinking about that shit. Like it's. It was just. It was. It was a hard thing to wake up to, man. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Definitely awful, especially when you consider, you know, we're talking about, we're not talking about, you know, a terrorist attack here. We're not talking about the things that we normally hear about in the media. We're talking about, you know, this one guy who probably suffered greatly from mental illness and for whatever reason decided to take that out on a whole bunch of innocent people who were literally just having a good time.
0: Yeah, so, man. It Literally. It's those, these kind of things always I don't know it just like for instance uh, at my graduation at LSU I'll always remember the date for gra- my graduation at LSU because it was the same day as Sandy Hook and that was really tough to swallow cuz I've never I've never been so happy like that was one of the happiest like accomplishments I ever I've never had in my short life but at the same time I had to actively not think about that kind of shit. So it was, ooh, it was a rough day. And today was a rough day. I don't know, do you have anything to, (laughs) reaction to it, I guess?
1: just know, first, seeing that, you know, first thing this morning, and it just kind of caught me off guard. And, you know, I'm reading all the articles, and, you know, pretty much everything is saying the same thing. You know, this guy was set to do so much destruction, and kill so many people, and he had, you know, this many guns, and da-da-da-da-da-da. But, the things that, like, really got me were, Like there were some personal testimony stories like there's one guy and he was on a plane and the plane was boarding. And the one guy who learned that his son had been killed and he like ran off the plane and broke all kind of security protocol and everything like that. But there was nothing they could do about it. One of the other thing that really got me was the hoaxes that go around that where people try to turn something like this and make a profit off of it, you know, to increase their online presence. They'll spread these false rumors about a family member who's lost to gain followers on their social media accounts. Yes. Yeah. And none of the and none of the information is true. Try to turn something like this and make a profit off of it.
0: And look, I don't wanna like I already had a gun conversation with Clark on here, um, which was very insightful. Maybe in the coming days I'll I'll chat with him about it. Maybe off the record. Maybe on the record. Who knows uh, about the situation? But it it just it it just seems. I don't know. I don't know if it's absolutely preventable, but it just seems like there should be measures by now. Because like I said that Pulse nightclub was only was only 16 months ago. We right. we had all. We've had just since since Sandy Hook in 2012. Like we've had. I, I don't even want to know the number, but. Just' several too many uh these kind of things, and it's just sad because it just seems preventable like there's well, there's gotta be a way to prevent this kind of stuff from happening
1: in a way i'd have to i I have to agree with you that there's probably a way to you know at least vet these people better but when you look at this guy who did this he had no known affiliations he had no record he had no history the only thing that people keep saying about him was that he sued a casino and that that should have had his name flagged for checking into a casino but there, there there's nothing that any there's no way that anybody could have ever seen this guy coming and In reality, there's nothing that anybody could have done to stop him. You know, up in 32 stories high in a hotel room that he'd been in for three days already.
0: Well, the hotel also has a a no gun policy and they need to. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if this one was preventable, Jazz. I I don't know. But it seems. I don't know either. It just seems that I don't know if. There are measures that could have been taken to prevent this, but maybe there were measures that could have been taken to prevent other ones. It just seems to be happening so relatively frequently. It's sad that we're not even – that we have a frame of res- reference for this sort of thing. Like we're we're not like nationally devastated by this. Some people may might be, but it's the fact that five years ago we had something like this with small children. A year, sixteen months ago, we had something like this in Orlando. It's what was it? A few years before that, and d- yeah, it was earlier 2012. We had a shooting in in fucking in fucking a movie theater, and then we had Dylan Roof in South Carolina. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I I don't know. The answer escapes me. But I I hate to sound like a leftist libtard cuck <laughs> like snowflake here, but. I just will never understand the need for, like, assault rifles. Like, I just, like, civilian use assault rifles. Like, if they want to buy them illegally, everyone's like, well, if they want them bad enough, they'll get them. It's like, yeah, but we don't necessarily need to grease the wheels. You know what I'm saying? I I don't know. I'm kind of still fresh about it.
1: And, you know, I I, I feel feel inclined to agree with you there. The problem is people are going to kill with whatever they find. I mean, think of how many times... In the last four years, we've had people getting run down by cars, like cars driving through festivals and just. Yeah,
0: but you know, a car has a has a a main purpose of transportation, not lethality here. Like guns, like if we if we limited, I feel like if there were limitations, more limitations and more restrictions, maybe it wouldn't have been fifty people. Maybe it would you have know, been five I, people. Maybe it would have been a few like less people would have gotten affected. I just I don't know, man. I just don't know.
1: The only thing that I could say about that is that I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some stricter background checks yeah. and some, maybe some mental health checks on some people. Yeah. But you know, you you can't, at the risk of sounding radical, you can't take people's guns away because you take away their guns, you take away some people's system security. Now. Ever you know my my dad is a police officer. I can't tell you how many guns we have in my house. I mean it's it's probably ridiculous. They're probably lining the walls in reality, but
0: but um, your dad is a trained professional who probably that trickled down to you guys that these are not toys; these are weapons. Absolutely. I just I and I mentioned this on the pod with uh, Clark that I, it bothers me. And it's not just in the gun culture, like the, you know, the NRA people, especially them, they can get fucked, but it's not just them. All
1: radical extremist groups like that, I don't care about, you know, but Joe Blow Citizen, I think the real, the real answer here is education. Yeah. And and honestly, just education and some harsher screening processes. I don't want to take anybody's guns away. I want everybody to have every gun that they want in Mm -hmm. the world. But I think... There are some other processes that need to be put in place.
0: Well, let's. I'll just leave it on this, and we can get to the real uh, topic here. But I just think that it's not to say it's a a conservative issue, to say it's a rural issue, it's a you know a right or left thing. It's a cultural thing. It's a it's a it's not just the far right that have a gun culture. Like our country, our country has a gun culture that I I wish we could get rid of like i i think we should get rid of but that's a whole topic for another day before we bring everything down let's uh let's get to the let's get to a nitty-gritty here i have to ask you a controversial question jazz uh what year Er, what year were you born
1: i was born in 1993
0: oh wow you're a few years younger than me but nineties kids unite, right? Nineties
1: kids unite. I would definitely I'd still call myself like a child of the nineties because I'm old enough
0: to at least like remember the nineties. Did you it's have a like... uh, Did you have a dial-up modem?
1: Oh yeah, I yeah. had to get off the
0: phone when my mom oh, was at yeah. work.
1: And to make it even worse, she owned her own company at the time. Oh shit! So like we were getting faxes and stuff like that, and oh. all that was the same. That was all the same <laughs> line. So
0: that was a mess. But the topic Jazz and I are going to discuss today is. A hot, well, I don't know, hot button topic, but you do see it thrown around a lot every now and then with like clickbait and mainstream legit news. Uh, millennials, which you All and I, I are both about part of, if millennials
1: would stop buying avocado toast, they can afford to buy a home.
0: Yeah, millennials are <laughs> millennials are killing industries because we don't have any money to spend, which we'll, we'll discuss. I the reason I asked you on Jazz was because. For better or for worse, I, I don't want you to take this as an offense or anything, or but when what I think of millennials, not only do I think I've matched that definition, I also feel like you do as well. Is that unfair?
1: I would agree with that. I would agree that I'm at least in that you know that generation period. A millennial is not. It's not an. It's not a descriptive term. It's a time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know
0: what? Sure. Let's just let's just uh, let's get some concrete. Well, I don't even know if it's concrete. Do you know I've seen the date ranges vary. Like I've seen 1980 to 2000. That's kind of what I go off of, but I've also seen like as late as 85 to as uh, to as late into the 2000s like 2006. Like I don't I don't know what the range is here, but
1: I definitely think the first thing you said sounds more like what I would agree with. I think anybody born after like the year two thousand is probably yeah. still a little bit young.
0: Yeah, they're. I think they're the next gen. I think they're Gen Z or whatever they're called.
1: Because I feel like somebody that young, you're, we're definitely not talking to them about buying houses right now. You know. Yeah. So that's the way that I kind of quantify it and think about
0: it. Well, the the main the main conversation around our generation is it seems to not be from us, but from. Baby Boomers and Gen Xers, which are the two generations ahead of us. Most of us are children of Baby Boomers, I believe. Are your parents technically Baby Boomers, Jazz?
1: I don't know. My mom turns fifty in a few days she will probably kill me for saying that out loud. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> well my mom my mom was born in sixty two, which means that she was born I think depending on the definition of the I think she was born at the very end of it. Like sixty two. I think they say like from forty five to maybe sixty five is the baby boomers. I don't I don't know. Like a twenty year window there, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I was raised by, yes, I was raised by a baby boomer and it seems, well, I, I would, yeah, my parents are going to be right on the cusp of that then because my dad is
1: yeah. 64, eight yeah. years, born in 64, not 64 years old.
0: Um, <laughs> I was about to say, he looks great for 64, man.
1: <laughs> well, you know what, it's funny you say that, a little side note. I saw a news article a couple years back, and it was like, Sheriff Treg, 48. I was like, my dad is not 48. You guys are lying to me. My dad is like 43. <laughs> and when I told them that, they were like, Jasmine, you can hang out with us whenever you want to. So I was like, Mom, y'all have been 43 and 41 forever. Yeah. So, like,
0: you can hang out whenever you want. But keep going. <laughs> uh, my mother, um, let's just say she's over 50. Uh, she was born in 62. I'll let you math wizards work on that one. I was raised by a baby boomer. But like I was saying, the conversation, it doesn't even seem to be coming from us. We, we are, I feel like, on the defensive here. We get so much criticism. We get blamed for so much shit. It's like, like, what the fuck did we do? We didn't show, we showed, y'all brought us to this party. We didn't show up to this party. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I didn't choose to be here. No, kidding. <laughs> yeah. kidding. Well, let me ask you. Do you think that, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, usually. Do you think there's a lot of criticism to be made about our generation? I
1: think a lot of what people think about us is, largely based on media and we all know that media is not always the most reliable yeah. source of information so I think that's where a lot of the criticism type things come from Yeah. but at the same time we've got some, and to use a, uh, a term that's going around a lot right now, we've got some serious snowflakes in our generation, some very special snowflakes
0: <laughs> see, I don't see a, I, uh, I I I that label grates on me because I think that everybody's sensitive about something like people who are likely to call. Don't don't get me wrong. There are some, some people who need to like adjust themselves and be like, listen, man, pick your battles here. Let's, 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 you can't die. You can't pick every hill to die on that, that you just need to like, you don't have to get along with everybody. There are assholes out here. You got to learn to cope. But at the same time, W- progress is not something to be discouraged here, and like
1: oh no, I I enjoy the more the wider use of. I say use. I enjoy seeing that people are being a little bit more careful with things that they say. Yeah. Things that people have said a long time are now becoming like, you do realize that, you know, and I know you've been saying it for years, but you do realize what you're saying is offensive, right? Yeah. Like, I... I I can agree with that, and I can acknowledge that. But at the, and at the same time, the people on the other side can't say, well, I've been saying this for years. I don't care that you've been saying it for years. you yeah. never said it to me before. You know?
0: I think the, what I will say about our generation that I think is a legitimate criticism, but I don't know if this is a criticism exclusive to us or is like our country's culture. I do worry that we are very brand-conscious, materialistic, tribal like we latch on to things and we want to be seen like oh we got to have the i the apple iphone and the nike shoes and the i don't even know any brands of clothes off the top of my head because i really don't go for brand i go for comfortability i don't i don't even know but it's like i'm like i do worry about that you know what i'm saying like i I I worry about that i
1: totally agree with you in that aspect you know we're you're you're right we're very brand conscious because it makes a statement about who you are but i could say that this generation is very concerned about what other people think about them
0: especially when the we are the first real generation we were the guinea pigs of social social media like oh i totally agree the the generation after us will be way way more well equipped and i'm sorry to any uh older listeners that might be but every generation before us is terrible at social media. Like, oh, my God. Do you guys not realize, like, <laughs> what you are saying? Like, uh, I'm not going to oh. throw anyone under the bus. But I will say that older generations, they, they just – do you not – do you not get – like, this is not – it's – oh, God. Ugh. No, it cracks me up to read, like,
1: the Facebook post with, like, the old people who, like, tweet at Walmart or something, stuff like that. Like send messages to Walmart and they're like, find cornbread. <laughs> uh. Like, the yeah, the older generations are pretty awful. I read something the other day. As a matter of fact, that was like the older generations got to buy houses when they were eighteen. Yeah, we are the guinea pigs, and the ones younger than us will have everything they've ever wanted.
0: Well, you, uh, well, you could argue that the older generations are saying we got everything we ever wanted. I, I don't know about that, but we but we also have our like strengths. Like I think we're the best generation that is in the game right now. Like honestly because I feel like and I think studies will show and I'll, I'll get to this in a little bit, we are the most like I think we want to be the be- we want to be better. Like I feel like and this is just my own observations here, but I feel like the generation before us, especially Gen X, were known as like very like Apathetic and cynical, but I feel like our generation is a lot more optimistic in thinking we can like save the world, I guess, quote unquote. Like we we want to make things better. Would you agree? No, I'm
1: I'm totally with you. You know, and I think that could be shown. And I don't know what kind of studies you're looking at looking at, but the increase in you know students attending college, yeah. and then not just college, but you know a secondary school after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, and and the people who are you know, choosing to make those choices. And even if we're not talking about, you know, a four-year university, but even people who are choosing to go to technical college and make a career out of something, whereas beforehand, and not to knock it, but, you know, our older generations, you know, they'll, like, hook up with somebody. And it's like, yeah, I learned how to do that. My dad taught me how to do this. So that's how I know how to do it. Yeah, You know, and maybe I went and got my certification later, but by the time I got certified, I'd been doing this for 15 years.
0: So, And the other thing is we also, just like, we were the we were the guinea pigs with social media. We also were kind of the guinea pigs on like like the internet was around decades before us. But I really I don't know if this is like recency bias here, but like I feel like the internet the internet exploded in the late 90s, early 2000, even to this day like it's like there's you can learn so much from the internet. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean like I I can distinctly remember having an en- encyclopedia on disk.
0: Oh, Bob. Bu- Encarta, right? Or wait, no, was it Encarta? Yeah. Yes, mm. yes, 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 yes.
1: I had an encyclopedia on disk that I had to put into my computer to yes. look. Not just go to the internet and type something in. That have got <laughs> Wikipedia and a website on anything oh, you can think of. But we were the guinea pigs on all of that stuff. We were literally the generation that went from nothing to everything.
0: Yeah, it it exploded on our watch as especially in yeah. our formative years to the point where we just we just like like when generations before who never had running electricity in their house and then the generation the yeah
1: That probably contributes to why the generation before us thinks that we got everything we ever wanted. Because every time we turned around, something that we have is obsolete and we need the new one to keep going. That's probably why they think that.
0: Also – and it's not just learning about history or philosophy or politics online, but we have also the most interconnected generation that – like I – I don't want to sound like I'm trying to seem woke, as the kids say these days, but, <laughs> like, I I like to think I was raised in a very liberal, progressive, like, very open household, but I learned so much about, like, there's a reason I don't say fag anymore, or I don't say, like, just the worst kind of shit. Like, uh, one of the things I lament about growing up was I used to call everything gay, or faggy, yeah. or something like that, and... Actually, hearing from people across the internet, especially on Twitter, especially just everywhere, come to like g- gay people, you know, LGBTQ community is like told us, hey, that's not cool. We never liked that shit. And, you know, I was like, you know what? That is kind of fucked up. And right. another thing that I never realized, and this is pretty recent, was the Confederate statues. I never thought about that as a kid. I never thought about that as a teenager. And only until my early 20s when I started reading about. People's making points about those, the, like that topic and other topics, did I realize, I was like, hey, wait a minute. They got a goddamn point. Like, what the fuck is going on right here? You, <laughs> like, you... And, and yeah. I kind of said the same
1: thing. It was like, I... Like, then people started talking about it, I was like, I've actually never yeah. thought about it. And I mean, you lived in New Orleans, yeah. so they were probably more a part of your daily life you than they take, ever were a yeah. part of mine. Because there are some of those statues that I've never even actually seen before. Yeah. So, yeah. I, to me, people started talking about it I was like, I never even thought about it.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, it's just like you, it seems so obvious now. Like, it seems so obvious now.
1: They've literally been there all along.
0: I understand racism, institutional racism now more. And I understand these things that a lot of people, prior to our generation, who might be part of a small town and maybe one or two black families in a town full of thousands that you just experience more and you see so, you get so much more insight. Our generation, I think, has gotten so much more insight because... We've chatted with straight, like, I wouldn't recommend chatting with every stranger on the <laughs> Please internet.
1: Please don't chat with strangers on the internet.
0: <laughs> but there is a benefit to meeting someone across the country or across, across the world and learning something about them. And you, I think we're better for that. And I think that makes us to slam anybody because I, I, the previous generations have strengths just as we have weaknesses. I think that is one of our strengths that we are more inclusive and more tolerant because we, we're like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess we all can try and get along and understand each other. You know what I'm saying?
1: I totally agree with you, and uh, you, you know, with your points about you know being able to meet people who are not necessarily in the same economic area, background, or whatever from you. You know, you have the people who go to your school who are probably of a certain economic standing, you know, and then you have the people who live in your neighborhood who obviously are in the same kind of boat as you are, so it gives you an opportunity to kind of spread your wings and learn about somebody else. But with that being said, the one caveat that I have for the internet is that it also brings out the worst in people because it gives people a place to hide.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a, d- a double-edged sword. Like, it, it's given voices to the voiceless, but it's also given protection to the cowards. Like, it it amazes me how people will say the worst shit to random people online because that they would never say to someone... Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but I'd like to believe they wouldn't. They would right. never say any of that shit to anyone. And, I mean, it, it it's, it's it's depressing. Like, that's another aspect of our generation that we we know how to use the internet to to the benefit of society, but we also know all the tricks to to use it for the worst of society. Like, it's... No,
1: and I, I agree. And, you know, I say the same thing, and I'm not going to talk about what my current job is, even though somebody could probably find it pretty easily.
0: LinkedIn! Um,
1: right. I'm not going to talk about what my current job is, but, um people have said some things to me over the phone yeah. that they probably wouldn't say to my face, especially not if they knew what I looked like. Yeah, If you're exactly. picking up what I'm putting down.
0: Yeah, for real. Yeah. It,
1: so it, especially, you know, uh, with the controversial monuments and now this stuff with the, you know, the Saints and all uh, the NFL people, Yeah. you know, uh, people probably wouldn't say some of the things that they've said to me over the phone if they knew who I was.
0: I have some, I have some websites uh, mo- mainly from... Uh, Pew Research Institute uh, and a couple other websites like Bloomberg. I have some things I want to discuss and I want to see what you thought about it. Some points they've made about us as a generation. Some of these are fact based. Some of these are like broad, like like trends and shit like that. You know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, so like I'm I'm reading from Pew. This is a very interesting thing because I feel like this is a topic that we bring up a lot but gets looked over by a lot of other generations is they mentioned, Pew Research mentions more millennial households are in poverty than households headed by any other generation. That's a huge, I think that's a huge factor. Interesting. Yeah. Look, I'm not Daddy Warbucks over here. I'm not balling out of control. I gotta live a very tight budget, but Mm -hmm. I am incredibly lucky like i am incredibly privileged which is a four-letter word these days but i am incredibly privileged like i am so lucky that i got the breaks that i got to get the gig i'm at right now and as any day i'm having it rough any day i'm having it rough all i got to do is think about where i was when me and you worked at the store that shall not be named how miserable i was and desperately i wanted to get out of that place like but there are people there are people right now older than me younger than me in the same situation who are working at those kind of gigs so it's like who are just struggling to get by man and they don't have like they don't have an expensive house or an expensive car like three kids to feed they just are taking care of themselves and struggling because there's it's it's ever since the recession and then we have more jobs that are getting taken away for various different reasons and we have people not retiring at the same age they have in the past and they're living longer, which means those jobs aren't opening up. It's I don't want to sound like a pity party here, but I think we have odds against us that are higher than previous generations have had to face, if that makes well, sense. you know, or. it's
1: a – to speak directly to your statistic about more millennials being in poverty. You know, when you talk about these older people who are still in the blue collar workforce, the difference is they taught a different kind of loyalty back then. So even though these people are in the blue collar workforce, they've been working their job for the last 20 years and they probably make more than you or I ever will in that job. Like I actually know a woman who has worked at the same restaurant and she has never gone up higher than like local manager yeah she comes a mercedes yep and it's because she's been working at that same restaurant under the same ownership for the last 20 years she probably makes more money than i ever will because she's been loyal to this company and she's done so well with them so again You know, when we talk about the generation before us who didn't necessarily go to college and get the degrees that we have and who, it was much more common for people to hold those blue-collar workforce jobs more regularly, especially even the ones that are like, you know, we're talking about grocery store cashiers and, you know, stuff like that. These people were bred a different way. Yeah. Even when we talk about you or I in a job like what we had, there were even people in that job who had been there so long and were making so much money that you and I both know this to be completely true. People making much more money than you or I ever would have made in that job just because they'd been there so long.
0: Yeah, and one of the common complaints or criticism that is lobbied at us as our generation is that we, we don't... There's an attitude that is prevalent among many of us that why am I going to work a dead end job that is unfulfilling like we feel like we get we get labeled entitled we like expect things from us but I'm like I would argue though that especially with college graduates like you and I uh, I feel like we were see this is this is where they 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 go down our throat about being entitled and shit like that and i feel uh, one of my complaints is that especially there's this propaganda and there's this agenda from colleges especially that trickle down to our parents and our high school teachers and our middle school teachers and our elementary school teachers that go to college get a degree you're set up for life and only now since we've started graduating do we realize Oh, it's not nearly – that's not – You're not, full of shit. You're not – like <laughs> I, if if I could tell kids, especially like high schoolers and little kids, you know, middle schoolers and shit like that, like what what would I tell them after having graduated? I'd be like there's no such thing as a fucking finish line. You are never fucking done. Do not ever think you've accomplished anything because I guarantee you, you can have like a day to celebrate something, but it's right back to the – it's right back to the trenches, man. You never – like even people who retire now at like sixty five seventy uh, you, that's that's like if you graduate college at twenty three twenty two that's forty years of life that you need to live just to get to a point where society's like, okay, you can take it easy from now on. like it's like
1: so let me give you the perfect example of that. yeah, so I graduated from LSU in twenty fifteen. Mm -hmm. The day after I graduated from college, me and three of my friends had booked. Oh, well, I guess I can say their names, huh? Me, Stephen, Rachel, and Anthony all booked a cruise. Yeah. That left the day after Rachel and I's graduation. Yeah. Uh, My dad picked me up from the cruise port and on the way back to the house from the port told me, You've had your fun now. It's time to get serious about your next step.
0: Yep.
1: It was like, "Wow, Dad, I haven't been off the boat for an hour."
0: That's like, life, man. That's that's what and, they don't and, tell you, like, man. That's
1: that's exactly how it happened, and it was just I was like, "Wow, okay." I mean, I, you're you're probably right. You know, no time to waste here. But literally, hadn't been off the cruise ship to celebrate my college graduation for a whole hour. Yeah. For they were like,
0: "It's time to get serious." It's like, it's, okay. And look, I get it. Like, I'm not saying that everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone has different opportunities in life. Some of us, like, it is a seamless transition, especially if you're in the more desirable career fields like, you know, there's engineering and I imagine whatever, like, fucking mechanical engineers walking out of college and then walking into an 80,000. Engineering is the
1: best, probably the best one. If you can get a job and get one of those highly sought after internships. Yeah. Those are one of the, some of the best majors to get a job right out of college. But
0: it's also very competitive, and you have to invest a lot of your free time and college to get that internship, to get a job with them. And then what they don't tell you about engineering – what they don't tell – don't well, I don't think – I don't know if they tell them this or not. But what I've, <laughs> what I've seen a lot of is you – as an engineer, if you go work for Shell, Chevron, one of these big companies – you got to be prepared to move from Houston to Canada to Saudi Arabia. You got to be able to. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't tell you that shit, uh, but <laughs> I just think that we—I don't want to say we were sold a false bill of goods—sold uh, a false bill of goods. But what I don't think is getting recognized or appreciated is that we were told. We 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 didn't come up with this entitlement like on our own. I feel like uh, maybe that's bias on my part, but I just feel like they're like, oh, these kids are so entitled. They just expect things. I'm like, well, yeah, we've been been told our entire lives that hey, you do this, you'll get this, and it's not. And y'all oversimplified it, in my opinion. So yeah, yeah, maybe we're a little bitter about it. So maybe I'm a little bitter. Maybe I'm a little little butthurt about it. Right. So
1: well, and you know the issue is that. You know, a college degree means a lot less nowadays than it used to. Yeah. Because you have people, a lot of people back then didn't graduate from high school. Yeah. But that was the equivalent of, no, I didn't, you know, today, it's like I didn't go to college. Okay, well, there are still plenty of job options for you. There's still plenty of things that you can do. It's becoming less and less, and what's becoming even worse is that now it's harder to find those desirable jobs without some kind of secondary degree yeah you know some kind of master's or phd those are becoming harder and harder to get now and that's the one that everybody needs
0: it's very complex like labor <laughs> labor in this country is very interesting and we are going through a shift especially with automation and just lower lower level jobs getting taken up and snatched up and all that shit we have kids who had these jobs like a server or whatever in high school, and they have to stay a server throughout the rest of their life throughout the rest of their 20s or in mm-hmm. their early 30s. And then because they haven't moved on in life, there's this perception that we don't want to move on. We're content and we don't want to go any further. It's like, well, you know, some of us don't have that option. It's just it's unfair, but it's also not unfair. It's it's whatever. But so, yeah. moving on to the next point is which I think contributes to the first point I made, was millennial households dominate the ranks of the nation's renters. You rent, I rent. Not a lot of us are buying houses. I mean, we have our good friend Stephen and Rachel. They bought a condo, right? So, Right. But they are too gainfully employed. Like I was like, I realize until I'm ready to settle down with someone, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to buy a house because I'm like...
1: Well, and I actually went through this a couple of years ago where I was literally like made an offer, had offer accepted on a house and it just fell through in the end. Yeah. And I don't know that I could I don't know that I could be more grateful for that because I don't think I was ready for it. Yeah. Because my big thing about not buying a house Because I I actually, I have great credit. You know, one thing that they didn't like when they looked at my report was that I still have student loans because I've only been out of college for, you know, like two and a half years now. But I have great credit. Anybody would give me a loan to buy a house. It is what it is. But I'm 24 years old. I don't know that this is where I want to spend the next 10 to 15 years of my life. 20
0: years, 30 years.
1: Right. I could get a fantastic job offer in, you know,
0: Houston, Colorado,
1: or, or, you know, something else and have to pick up and move right now. Yep. And I would have to be prepared to do that. And if I bought a house at the age of 24, as fantastic as that sounds. And as much as people would have celebrated that with me, I don't know that I was ready for that.
0: Yeah, like I'm I'm living in Austin now. The the common question I get is, especially since I'm getting closer to 30, is are you settling in Austin? Are you long-term planning to live here? I was like, uh, I'm about 95%, but I don't – I'm still not 100%, and I don't think it's responsible enough to buy a house or to make those kind of long-term plans unless I absolutely know this is where I want to be. This is where I'm gonna spend plan. This is where I want to be for the rest uh, next two decades of my life. Like it's like, I, I I just I don't mind renting. I understand the traps of renting. Like you're not really you're just paying to live there. You're not investing in anything. Right. You, you, it, you're not like building anything. You don't have an, it's not an asset or some shit or some technical bullshit like that. Like so I get it. I get the benefits of like settling down and placing roots but like you said what if I were like okay I buy a house next year like let's just speculate let's uh, hypothetical and then like a couple of years later or two two to four years later I'm like you know what I don't think I'm feeling this place anymore you know what maybe I meet someone and she gets transferred to a new gig exactly you
1: never know what kind of stuff is gonna happen and I just feel like I'm not settled down in my life enough yeah To say that I want
0: I really want to plant roots. Which is also another thing I feel like well, it is it is a thing, it's not that I feel like it. It is a thing that are I feel like generations for us, they're like a transition window from adults, like from children or college age kids to, you know, full on adults without wife and kids and a house. That window was very – it was a lot more concise. It was a lot lim- more limited whereas ours is seeming to expand as time goes on. Like we – I've never uh, – look, I have – I don't know if this is the case with everybody's family but my my family, my mom, my brother, none of them put any pressure on me to be like, so what are you doing with your life? Where are you going? What are you doing? When are you settling down? I think they – I think most people understand, hey – life's short man do what you want to do. like if you don't want to if you don't want to do that right now you got time or at least you hope you have time but well, you and i think that yeah. even goes back to what we were talking
1: about before with the internet and being able to meet people and being able i can log on right now and be like you know what let me find a job in new york yeah and i'll find something you know yeah. and i'll be like okay guys i'm i'm out i just found a job up here yeah. you know yeah, But the Internet has allowed us to do that, especially even when we're talking about meeting people. you know when our parents were kids, you could only meet the people who you know that's where the whole like I'm going to college to find a husband thing came from. because you could only meet the people who were in front of you.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the next point I want to get to is okay. It says uh, singlehood sets millennials apart from other generations. It says just 26 percent of millennials are married.
1: I shared a thing on Facebook the other day and it was like my mom at 24 yeah. married, two kids, house, me at 24 waking up after a bender with a chicken nugget in my hand. It's like, yeah, that sounds that sounds like me.
0: Yeah, dude, <laughs> at, at my age my mom had me, her second child. And yeah. she was she was on she was already on her second I don't know if she's proud of this, but it is what it is. She likes to joke about it. She was already on, on her second marriage. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, if you right. were to tell me, hey, guess what, John? How would you like to be working on your second marriage with two kids? I'd be like, no, <laughs> please. No, right. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. No, I don't, I don't want to do any of that. And they, and they say that, uh, I'll put all these links in the, in the show description on that stuff. Like at the, pretty much the same age. Pretty much at the same age, we are twenty six percent of us are married. Gen X, the generation right before us, was thirty six percent. The Boomers, which is the generation that our parents are, give or take, it was forty eight percent at our age mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's it's sil- the Silent Generation, the one that came, you know, that was not the greatest generation that fought in the war, but in between the Greatest Generation and the uh, Boomers for anyone who was curious about the generational history in this country. Anyway, the silent generation was 65%. Like, people just got married. I can only imagine that it
1: goes up because people are waiting longer to get married now.
0: Yeah, like, I get it. Like, especially with women, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I understand womenly issues that, like, y'all have a biological clock. Y'all can't, the older y'all get without having a child, the harder it gets, correct? Right. Yeah, so I understand, like, I understand the urge to like, okay, if I want to have two or three kids or four kids or five kids, I better get started early. But it's getting closer. To, it's not so much like early 20s having kids. It's late 20s or early 30s now and stuff like that. Like people are waiting now because it's like maybe I want to live a little bit Gwen before. Gwen
1: Stefani is pregnant. Did you know that Gwen Stefani is 47?
0: Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So is it – what is that? Blake Shelton's baby then? Yep. Oh, good for them. Uh for no. Him. But okay. I, I did notice, I did notice last time I saw Gwen Stefani, I was like, she is wearing a lot of makeup. You
1: see Gwen Stefani
0: often, John? Uh no, I think I saw her on Jimmy Fallon. Okay.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> last time I saw Gwen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh <laughs> but yeah, dude. Like I had a coworker, former co worker had her first kid at forty one
1: advances are changing that for people i mean because again think back people are living a lot longer yeah marriages are lasting longer people are meeting younger and older and they're not nobody's in a rush anymore because we know that we
0: have more time wait have you felt the pressure either familial or societal pressure to settle down God, no yeah no because and uh, and for the record you, you you do want kids right
1: of course yeah i do i do want kids one day i definitely already know that you know i'll have as many as uh you know god wants me to have up until three and then i'm saying forget that and take all this baby making stuff out of me it's it's, no (laughs) so at three i'm gonna go ahead and interfere with uh Mother nature, divine. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, mother nature and all that, and say, nope, no, no more.
0: So it's really funny. Like I feel like I'm a white male millennial. For all those who were unaware, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have never felt any pressure whatsoever to do anything in that department. Like maybe it's because I have a brother and he's married and he plans to have kids, so the pressure I, I was think off that's of where me. Where you got off kind of easy is that you yeah. have a brother who's you know, as, I mean, as long
1: as I've known him and he got married recently, like last year, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's been, yeah, he got married July. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, as long as I've known you and not that I know your brother, but, you know, heard you talk about him, he's been in this committed relationship where he knew that one day he was going to get married and
0: yeah, kids. He so. always He always wants to be that, you know, it's funny. He wanted to be that dad. He wants to be a dad. Like, he wants to be... He wants to coach little leagues and shit like that, and like have his kid in t ball and shit. And I'm just like, why? That just is. Ugh, that just seems so like a hassle. <laughs> yeah, well, but like, and that's the thing. I, I we're, both, know, we're both we're both we're both millennials, and we both want very different things. Very but different John, things. You you never know when
1: that could change for you.
0: Eh, I've been people have been telling I mean, me that my whole life. <laughs>
1: But, no, but not even not even that, you know? And it could never. And there would be absolutely nothing wrong with that. Exactly. But you could never know how maybe, like, not to sound like everybody else in your life, but how the right – because I know this is exactly what they're telling you yeah. – how the right girl could probably change your mind.
0: Well, you know, if Emma Watson ever returns my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> You're,
1: you want to like a really weird side note? Gosh, and now I can't think of that guy's name, and a lot of people are really mad at him right now.
0: For what? Hmm.
1: Who is the guy? He's an actor, and he is from Covington, and he was one of the vampires in one of the vampire shows. Uh, Ian Summerholder. Yes. Okay. He's from
0: He's from Covington?
1: He is from Covington. Get the fuck out yes, of
0: here. He was on he, Lost
1: any day that i want i can have his cell phone number i don't want it because i would blow it up and then (laughs) he would change it and then i wouldn't have that option anymore so that wouldn't that wouldn't be fun but any day that i wanted (laughs) i could have it because we organized an event with him at one point in time and i was just ridiculous like we are literally talking about ian Summerholder and the girl one of the girls who works for us, is like i text him every now and then i was like bullshit it's just like, yeah, I'll give me his number. I was like, I, I don't want
0: it, because I would ruin it for everybody. Yeah, just for, the, just for the record, if I was either, ever in the same area code, <laughs> let's just say I was in the same square mile as Emma Watson, I don't think I would be able to function. Like, I would not be able to control my faculties. Like, I would be like, T- take me home, I need to get out of here, take me far away. I'm unworthy, I don't deserve this. But... Well... <laughs> Anyway, on to the next, what's the next point? Oh, well, I found this one interesting. Millennials are less trusting of others than older Americans are. Again, the internet. Yeah.
1: You know, older people you oh, God. Again,
0: that's true. You
1: you had what was in front of you. Yeah. You know, I I meet you for the first time at said grocery store and I'm like John Flores. Hmm. Goes to Facebook, yep. types in his name, finds out everything about John Flores. You know, like, it, I, it's, it's not hard to figure out whether or not you want to trust people nowadays. It's actually pretty, pretty quick, you know. Um, but again, older people literally only had what was in front of them. If yeah. I tell you that this is who I am, then there's just literally no way for you to check that out other than,
0: you know. It's amazing how, like... I like to think that we're more optimistic generation, but we are less trusting. Like we're more skeptical about, like if it does, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Like it's, oh like, yeah, like for sure. Like we're not into, and we, and we did grow up with the internet, so we. I think we are more. Like I know our, our president likes to throw fake news around, but we are, I think, a generation more well aware of what is actually. This this obviously is not legit
1: right yeah. well and and i you know my mom always like fusses at me about it because like when i first meet you i'm probably more wary of your intentions like you start at zero with me and then earn my trust and it probably i'm not saying that you have to earn my trust and jump through hoops and it's going to take you three months of getting to know me before i decide that i like you yeah. i mean it could, it could be within the hour that i'm like nope. This is a cool person, or nope, this is a person that I could be perfectly fine with never seeing ever again, you know, yeah. but it doesn't take me long, but <laughs>
0: they're,
1: they're right. I'm typically less trusting of people first.
0: This is another biggie, because I know you you, were, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned God. Millennials have fewer attachments to traditional political and religious institutions. I definitely represent that because I am an atheist, and I, I am a liberal, but I'm no way a Democrat. I re- re- always reject that title, so...
1: Yeah, well, and I, I guess I think where that probably stems from is that I'm gonna go back to the internet, you know, everything else we can go online and find proof of,
0: yeah,
1: you know, and I, I, i'm I am I'm religious. I was raised Catholic, you know, um I, I said I'm a practicing Catholic, and that like I'm trying to do better, like I'm practicing, I'm getting better at it, yep. you know. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm a registered independent when it comes to voting. I get all kinds of crazy mail around election times yep. because I'm a. I'm a quote-unquote swing vote and, you know, that, that's just the way I am, but I think that a lot of people nowadays want proof and because in most cases, that's right at our fingertips. They're a little bit wary about the things that are not.
0: Yeah, and I feel like we are more... I think people are they're not religious, they're spiritual. I don't think people are a Democrat or Republican, they're conservative or liberal, they're right or left. I don't think that, we're more, our tribalism is more abstract. Like, we're not, or we're more into like, oh, well, you know, I only shop at this place, or I only shop at that place. You know, I'm, I don't shop at that place or that place. So it's like, I I think that we we have access to all the information we need, like you said. And a lot right. of these storied historical institutions have track records that is easily easily researchable and easily like hey by the way we know we we got the receipts all right <laughs> we we know what kind of fu- what kind of fuck shit you've pulled in the past so excuse us for being a little skeptical of you but we are we are more accepting to newer i feel like we're more accepting to newer institutions like if we like like especially with social media like we keep saying but also other social medias that have only sprung up in the last, like, five to, like, seven years, like Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter, like, these have only been around, like, a decade. So we're like, okay, yeah, we're we're down with this and, you know, like, like, ooh, okay, Facebook like. Facebook is for old people now. Oh, it is. Yeah, I only get on there because there are a few people I like to chat with on there, but I could, I'm, I'm. I'm very much, and to promote the pod, please like and subscribe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, like take Uber and Lyft. Like, I mean, uh, we don't really have any loyalty to a taxi anymore. We 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 want a. Uh, we this is more. This is better. This is more efficient. It's more on-demand, and we, we're we cutting cords, and we're cutting cable, and we, we have real no loyalty to network television anymore. So I feel like these older okay. institutions – especially sure. – also, we're apparently killing fast food uh, because we like going a different <laughs> – pro- and
1: and JCPenney and, and malls and department stores. Oh, period,
0: yeah. And jewelry stores. Don't forget the jewelry stores. Uh, and the diamonds. Yes, we're killing and, everything. And it's the fact that we're like – we're not going to be loyal to something our parents are loyal to. We're not going to be – we. Well, not everybody, but most of us are like. Actually, I'm gonna look around. I don't need you to decide for me. I'm gonna make the decision on my own. And if you don't, if you don't want to, if you don't have a competitive edge, then what are you then? So it's, it's like, right. yeah. let me see. Let me move on to millennials are the most racially diverse generation in American history, and I think it also says, yeah, we're also the most statistically speaking, on average, the most tolerant which I think we touched on earlier, right? Like, there is a lot of, like, I'm, I, I don't, I'm technically mixed race. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm a multi-ethnic, I guess is the term. Like, I'm white and Hispanic. Like, yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my mom's Caucasian. My dad, he's, he's, it's, he's a mutt. Who the hell cares? But yeah, like, <laughs> but yeah, we are like, we also grew up in like, I don't know what it was like in Laplace, but I also grew up in New Orleans. So like, I'm used to, like, being around – let me put it this way. If I'm around an environment where there's no black people around me, I am mm-hmm. I notice that a lot more than, like, oh, hey, black people. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Austin It's very hip. It's very happening place. Not a lot of black people here. And there's a lot of, like – there's a lot of, like, Latinos and there's a lot of Asian people, but, like – Texas. Yeah, it's like um, – I was
1: speaking more about, like, Latinos. Like
0: yeah, Texas. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh there are there are like I was noticing I had a departmental meeting the other day and there were 5 of us in the departmental meeting and 4 of us were latino including myself interesting yes interesting yes well to
1: say you know racially inclusive or mm. you know mixed or you know whatever again, I think we go back to that when we talk about the internet and being able to actually learn about other cultures without necessarily having to physically go there and experience it. Yeah. You get to learn about other people and their, you know and and figure out that okay, it's okay for there to be different people in the world. There's nothing wrong with that. And just because, you know, maybe, you know, Timmy wouldn't have talked to Jimmy if Timmy would have known what Jimmy looked like, but they had a conversation over the internet yeah. or over PlayStation before they knew what each other looked like and they found out they lived in the same city and got coffee. And it's like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And You're
1: not what I expected.
0: I really, That's interesting. Contrary to what, I don't know what most people think of us, but I feel like we are the generation that is more like, well, why can't we have more diversity? Like people, It's not an expectation to be uniform anymore. I feel like we're like, in our minds, it's like, what's wrong with cl- inclusivity? What's wrong with like diversity here? Why can't we? Why are we? Isn't it kind of weird that we're all kind of like in the same? We all are in the same demographic here. Like, why don't we branch out and like? Uh, I don't know. I, maybe maybe it's a it's a we're more racially inclusive, but I don't know if we're if we're generationally inclusive. Like, I don't really want to hang out with older people. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, but I
1: mean, like, and I don't, I actually don't have a problem hanging out with older people. I, I, you know, I've always, and you know, like, even if you were to ever ask my parents, I've always been that fly on the wall type of girl or person in general who, like, as long as you let me sit in the corner quietly and listen to the adult conversation, that's where I'm going to be, you
0: know? (laughs) I think that we, I'm proud of that aspect. Like, I'm proud that we're, like, more open Maybe I'm born. No, yeah, I, I
1: totally agree. I mean, we. But you also have to consider where we've come from and the society that our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents were raised in, and how much that landscape has changed and is still changing. You know, I mean, look at what's going on in our world today.
0: You yeah. know, I, I without
1: getting you know,
0: very I'll, specific. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that in a little bit because there's 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 one topic I want to get to with that one. One thing that also fascinates me is I feel like we're working. Well, I feel like our attitudes towards office hours are changing. Like we, I don't feel like we're a generation that's like. I'm looking at a few of the points and it's like, uh, 69% of millennials believe office attendance is unnecessary on a regular basis. Like I feel like we're, I noticed that in our generation. And maybe it's a cultural shift, a work cultural shift across the nation. But like, we're more like, why can't we just work from home? Like, why do we have to come to the office? Like, why do I have to wear like dress business casual? Why can't I just wear like a t-shirt and jeans? And like, why do we have to be so formal all the time? Why? I mean, nobody's here. Like, we could just wear whatever the fuck we want, right? I feel like we're. I feel like we're this. There's a liberation going in the workplace with us, like where we get criticism thrown at us because we're like oh, these kids just want to, like, just work. Okay, you know what it is? The workplace, there's, like, a blending, the line between workplace and private life is kind of blended with us. We're like, and we also don't let our careers or jobs define us anymore. Like, we're kind of just like, oh, I, I, I like, when people ask me what I do, I say, oh, I work in accounting. That's it. I don't tell them my job. I don't tell them my work. I just say, like, Oh, yeah, I, I have an office job. I work nine to five, you know. you know.
1: Nine times out of ten, if people ask me what I do, I just start with I work for the state. Yeah. And then nine, most of the time that leads to a bit more prodding. That'll end up me yeah. actually telling them, like, you know, everything else. But I just usually start with, yeah, I work for the state. I have an office job, you know. So, <laughs> but I feel like even, even today, like, even that is something that people look for. You know, they're like, dang, like, you work a nine to five, and you get like off on weekends and bank holidays. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: You and I both know what it's like to not have that.
0: Oh God, I'd never want to go back. Um, no, never. But I, I had a job interview not too long ago. It didn't work out. Whatever. It was. It was mainly just an interview. Just it was a, like a. Eh, why not? Right. It was, was on the
1: table. Why not? Look.
0: Yeah, I know. It was like. A friend of mine was like, "Hey, there's this job position I uh, have that I think you would be good for. Would you mind looking at it?" I'm like, "I don't plan on leaving my current job." She's like, "It's all right. You don't have to say yes. Just come and come and have a chat." I was like, "Okay, I'll come and have a chat. It's no big deal." But uh, one of the questions I got was, "Why accounting? Why what do you want to do in accounting? Like what do you want to what do you want from this what do you want from this field? What do you really want to go with?" it? I'm like, "Look, I'm going to be honest with you." I have never taken an accounting class in my life. I didn't choose, like, I didn't actively choose to be like, okay, I'm gonna go work in accounting. I kind of just fell into the position or the career field. Like, but honestly, I'm not really obsessed with my employment. I really, I, I don't want to be, I don't, my future's not in accounting. My future is more lifestyle based. Like, this is the lifestyle I wanna have. And accounting seems to be able to enable that. Like that is, yeah, it's like, I don't, this doesn't, this isn't me. This doesn't define me. It's just my gig. That's why I call it a gig. I I rarely ever call it my job. Cause I'm like, it's just my gig. It's what I do. It pays the bills. And I think that's a big overarching trend in our generation.
1: Well, and you know, it's the same thing with me. Like my degree is in biological sciences. Nowhere in there does that sound anywhere like what I'm doing today.
0: You know, and people ask me like, so how did you get here? And I'm like, shit, luck of the draw? I know. I've, I I graduated in psychology and I work in accounting. People think that – like right. People are like, so what, economics, finance, accounting? I'm like, actually psychology. I kind of just <laughs> fell into this. I got a lucky break with a family friend and yeah, I got some experience on my belt and I've, I've kind of just fallen into it. It's like another status, 74% want flexible work schedules. Oh my god, you do not know how awesome – a flexible work schedule is like i, I mean I, I work eight to five 90 of the days 90 percent uh-huh. of my work days but like my boss isn't checking for me at 801 you know what i'm saying she's like right oh if you need to come in late just make up the hours and stay late i'm like perfect that's great oh she's like oh you need to take a long lunch take a long lunch just make up your hours throughout the week i'm like that is awesome you know how much i love 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 that
1: Well, you know, and my job is similar in that, you know, I'm supposed to be at work at eight o'clock every morning and... We all know how awful Baton Rouge traffic is, Ugh. and I just re- I can think back to my second day on the job. I get on the interstate, and it's a parking lot, okay? Yeah. And there's nowhere for me to get off. There's nowhere for me to go. So I'm, like, calling everybody frantic, like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm on the interstate. I, I, I'm probably going to be late. And, like, walking to the office at 8.05, I was like, I'm so sorry. It was my second day. Yeah. I had my first office job ever. And she was like, Girl, like, as long as you're here before eight thirty, we'll be
0: okay. Yeah. And as long <laughs> as and my boss also, she's like, as long as you just tell me what's going on and when I can expect you and when you're gonna be here, as long as you keep me informed, I I don't care. I'm like, perfect. I will always let you know what's going on. But I'm glad that you give me the rope to be able to make those kind of decisions. Uh one little one other thing on this one is millennials value community Family and creativity in their work. Like I think, I think what that's trying to say is we, we, we want some kind of maybe not. Well, I I don't. mm. We want. Are we
1: talking about like friends in the workplace?
0: No, I think what I guess they are saying that because I'm cool with my coworkers. I don't necessarily want to hang out with them all the time, but yeah, I'm cool with them. No, I'm 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 cool with like most of my coworkers. I think what that's trying to say is that we. We want value in our work. Like, it doesn't need to be accomplishment. It needs to be, why am I here? Why? And I,
1: I can completely concur and agree with that. Yeah. You know, we we look at it and I I want a sense of accomplishment. Like, I need that, woo, task accomplished, you know, yeah. on to the next now. But I need that moment of, man, yes, I did it before yeah, I can just say,
0: Okay, well, that was that. Yeah, we don't want to work in empty, like, it's like, why, I'm not even accomplishing anything. Like, like, in accounting, I'm not accomplishing much. I'm doing my part. But what I'm saying is, like, I do have, like, okay, you know what I love most about my job? They tell me, this is what we expect from you. Do this and you have no problems with us. I'm like, perfect. Love it to death. You know what else I love about my job that I didn't mention? I don't have to tuck in my shirt. Do you know how much I hate tucking in my shirt? I, fucking... I dress.
1: I dress business probably, I mean, I I probably dress closer to the end of like business casual than yeah. most people in my office. Like a lot. Of like I say, a lot of the guys. Like um, two of the guys will wear like suits most days, Ugh. or at least like a sports coat. You know, Ugh. a coat most days. One of the other guys will typically be in like slacks and a polo, or slacks and like you know, like a nice cotton. You know, button-down type shirt or something like that. <laughs> Not nine times out of ten, you'll find me in black slacks, black flats, and some kind of decent-looking
0: blouse. I my like that's that's me. <laughs> my standard thing is either slacks and or jeans and a V-neck. That's generally what I wear to work. I
1: wish, um, like,
0: or a, a polo like, shirt. shirt. I might yeah, wear a polo shirt. I might wear a polo shirt. We do
1: like dress down on Fridays when like big boss is not in the office.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and like I think even like one day I went a little bit overboard with the dress down because I literally showed up and I'm serious I, I like I walked in and I was like I think I may have taken this a bit too far and I and this was like this was like last week so we're not even talking about like I was a brand new employee and I didn't know other be- better like this was like last week and I literally came in and like running shoes jeans a t-shirt and a sweatshirt mm. and I was like I might have overdone this a little bit but nobody said anything I was super comfortable all day and
0: great so you know it is what it is but the next biggie that is the elephant in the room that we haven't talked about yet is 41 percent of millennials have no landline at home and rely on their cell phones for communication uh they that that kind of that kind of lays out the fact that we rely on our cell phones for everything uh yeah i'm on my phone too much i'll be the first to admit it i am on it way too much if i had to go a week without it i would not know how to function um it kind of is my whole world for better or for worse look i'm not the only one all right get off my back all right (laughs) i have it on me at all times if it's not on me i'm freaking out it has my whole life on it that's why i always like please just i don't care what i get if someone wants to get me anything give me a new phone because i use it every day i use it all the time it it, i'm very dependent on it it's it's nice to take a break from it every now and then but it's only like a day
1: (laughs) and and like i don't wouldn't even go that far because i use my phone for a lot and i do a lot of things on my phone but i don't i don't think i'm necessarily one of the like super over dependent type like i can totally have a go you know an entire day without noticing my phone oh yeah you know like if it's not ringing i can go a whole day without noticing it and i can totally have an entire dinner if my purse is Dinging in you know, my, my purse. If my phone is dinging in my purse, I can totally go through a whole dinner without touching it. But it's important to me. And if I'm trying to communicate with somebody, I prefer that they answer me quickly. I mean, unless we're just having like a stupid casual conversation. Yeah. But even if you get into that point where maybe you're going, oh, Jasmine isn't texting me about anything important. Because all we do is have casual conversation. Yeah. And the one day that I'm like, hey, I need you to answer me like really fast, like, like what? What do you, you know? I'm I'm placing the dinner order. What do you want?
0: Yeah, I and you uh, don't answer. Yeah, good. Takes me off. I have my phone on me at all times. Do you? I think it's because it's in my pocket all the time, and it's literally almost practically attached to me at all times. It's my alarm clock. It's my phone. It's my music. It's my internet. Most of the times, it's my communication device like texting and stuff like that it's my weather device it tells me everything my whole life revolves around this and that here's the thing about that we get criticized for that shit all the time like as a generation as an individual and as a generation but here's the thing it's not innate in us to be dependent on our phones it's innate in everyone like I guarantee you, any freaking baby boomer or Gen Xer that wants to jump on us for being attached to our phones, I guarantee you, if they had had the same opportunity when they were in their formative years, same damn thing. Don't you oh, fucking lie to me. And it's like you, it's just it's 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 hypocrisy on their part because they're like, oh, what you need your phone on you at all time. You're attached to your phone. You're always looking at your phone. It's like, well, yeah. If you we we grew up on it, okay. Yeah. Like, you, and? and. And it's like, like oh, why do you have your headphones in your ear all the time? Because I like listening to music as much as I possibly can. Because I love music. I wish I could right. listen to music all the time. And it's like, I, you're always plugged in, John. Why don't you unplug? I unplug sometimes. When I usually, usually when I go to Zilker Park here in Austin, Texas, I I leave my phone in my car because it's a nice little serene place. I go maybe once a month, once every other week. Something like that. So there are times when I unplug because you need to because sometimes you're just like I need to get away from like the world because like it's just – there's there's just so much going on these days. Like, And I have notifications on my phone like Twitter and Instagram and like a lot of shit and news updates on my phone. So it's like sometimes you just want to get away from it. But I think it keeps me informed. I, I think it keeps me aware of what's going on, not just in my own little bubble. And, it, and, I, and I love talking – like I, all my friends still live in Louisiana, most of them. So, it's like, I, that's how I keep in touch with my friends. Right. So, that's just me, man. No,
1: I, 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 I'm with you on that. Although, I, I still, I never feel like the need to unplug because I don't know that I'm necessarily that much. Because I don't see it. And, I'm like, I don't do Twitter. I don't do Instagram. So, none of that dings on my uh, phone. I get news updates because I think it's pretty relevant to my job to have news updates. Yeah. Um. I'm not, and, and oh, yeah. Facebook will notify me if like my mom tags me in a picture of my dogs, yeah. but like because you know that's super important. I totally want to see that, but like
0: that's it. Uh, well, I'm not that big in Instagram. Like I'm, I'm really not, and Facebook. I'm trying to get away from. I'm slowly but surely working my way off of. Like I haven't gotten out the door yet, but I'm collecting my things and like putting my hat on and be like, okay, let's start leaving now <laughs> cuz it it's 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 been a good run like i've had a facebook for 10 years it's it's been fun it's been a lot of fun uh, but i'm twitter is taking over my life which is ironic because i used to hate twitter so well, much i did twitter
1: when i was in college yeah. and then i got into a little trouble at one point where there yeah. was like this little issue yeah. with like cyberbullying and stuff like that so i got off and uh when I logged back in before, like, the 30 days that would have made my account void, yeah, I just – I wasn't into it anymore. Like, I just stopped. Like, it wasn't my thing. So after that, I only used it to, like, find out where the party was at, you know, yeah. in college. And then after I got out of college, like, I have an account. It exists, I think.
0: Well, I will say this, that I think that Twitter is the greatest entertainment, like, application ever created and the worst application ever created like it's like legit i laugh every day on twitter like there's always something to either learn to read or laugh at on twitter but also really hilarious. but also um i'm a nobody so nobody's coming at my neck and i'm there to just make jokes and i and no one really attention to what i do on there so i kind of have no repercussions but i don't abuse it obviously but like it, it does keep – I feel plugged in. I feel like I'm like I'm part of a larger world when I'm on Twitter and I'm like, OK, we're all sharing and keeping in touch with each other and like – not as like friends or anything like that but like a community where you're like, OK, I'm aware of what's going on in the world and in the world around me. And it has some great laughs. Like Twitter is so funny but it's also very awful and reprehensible at times because Twitter is just the worst sometimes. so I'm with it. Speaking of worst Twitter, you want to talk about Donald Trump? Well, millennials and millennials and Donald Trump. Millennials and Donald Trump. No, I don't know that we have enough time for that. <laughs> well, I just well I just want to say this. I wanted your take on this, and then we can get to the questionnaire because we are pushing like an hour and a half, but it's it's funny to me that what what's funny to me is like I like to think we're a very progressive, open minded generation, but there are there was a significant chunk of people who voted for Donald Trump. Clearly. Yeah, like even in our generation, a considerable amount. What do you well, – like I, I – maybe for better or worse, but I'd like to think that most Trump supporters are older generations or like out-of-touch generations, but – Not true at all. It it blows my – it boggles my mind when I meet someone my age or younger who is a Trump supporter. I generally suspect that they are an incredible asshole and or incredibly heartless. Do, what is – have you – Coming across people our age who are Trump supporters, what do you what do you what do you feel about them?
1: Hey, Steven Vistola.
0: <laughs> hey, Shout man.
1: Out. <laughs> Shout out. Shout um, out. So yeah. Uh, he's assholes, not. He's not that yeah, bad. He's yeah, not that bad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of. He's an asshole, but he's our asshole. It's fine. Um. I, you know, and the the thing is, I have literally met. Trump supporters from all walks of life. I don't know that every single one has fit a certain bill, honestly. Yeah. It's actually pretty interesting because I would have thought, you know, mass media makes us believe that all Trump supporters look and act a certain way, and that's not necessarily true.
0: What what my experience has been, and I'll read a little bit from, this is from Brookings, I don't know what this is, but it it it's got some data and some charts on here, and it's got a quote I want to read. What's noticeable is that thirty-two percent of millennials who were the largest supporter of Donald Trump in our generation were white men without college degrees, and the largest supporters of Clinton um, were non-whites without college degrees. There were thirty-five percent non-whites without college degrees. Yes, hmm. and it. It's funny how it breaks down along those lines. And the quote they have next is: "Overall, Trump won one third of young vote young voters, a great number than the pre election poll suggested he would, which was I was I was also very surprised by. Notably, thirty two percent of these young Trump supporters were more, were excited by the prospect of a Trump presidency, while only eighteen percent of young Clinton supporters reported being excited about their candidate. I think that's very very I accurate. I
1: think that is a great." Point about how with this election, a lot of people had that idea of I'm picking the lesser of two evils type things. Yeah. So it's like maybe I'm calling myself a Hillary supporter, but you know, oh, it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Because for the record, I think Donald Trump is not only an awful president, but an awful human being. But I, 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 I just I feel like there's just a there's a point where. You have to let somebody do their job. You would never, ever go and see your, your plumber when you have a broken arm, right? Yeah. So why would you pick somebody who does not understand politics to hold the highest political office in the nation?
0: Yeah, and it just... I just and, and, you know yeah.
1: I understand why a lot of people are afraid of the whole career politician thing because obviously there are things that have to happen for somebody to become a career politician to make their name known and to get out there but there are processes that have to be learned, like how a bill becomes a law, how do executive orders work? How does legislation and congress work? And how do they communicate with each other to balance out this nation and make yeah. sure that our laws are fair and inclusive to everybody? There are things that a career politician knows about that type of stuff that Joe Blow doesn't know. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, let me ask but, you this the dark side of, of our president's rhetoric, the the dark side of his base. Does that bother you that it says, like, according to their data, that a third of our generation is a, is on board with that? Does that bother you? It bothers me.
1: Right? I would love to see some new numbers on that.
0: Yeah. Because when we
1: go back and we yeah. talk about everything else that we've talked about today with how our generation has become so much more inclusive and so much more, you know, uh, just – I guess inclusive really is the word that I was looking for there. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see how those people who maybe thought at the time that he was going to be the change that we needed, how they think now based on all of the information that we have today.
0: Yeah, but I'm not even talking about the change. I'm talking about the rhetoric, the nastiness, the bullying, the like – it worries me that like there were people in my generation.
1: So I can compare this – I know, and I'm going to go into as little detail about this as possible, there is a local politician that I can not compare to Donald Trump in the way of like necessarily who he is as a person, but there was the same mindset of um, run politics like a business, Yeah. and just for the record, that guy went to jail for what he did while he was in this political office. Yep. And the, I, I, if you ever want to question me on that, I have every detail I need to back it up. I'm just not going to put any names, parishes, or anything else out there. But this guy went to jail for running his political position like a business. So there, there's a reason that the two don't mix. Yeah, You can't run a business and still have the um, better interest of everybody in mind. It just doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, all right. But okay, so I agree. I totally agree. It's just it bothers me. It upset me. It disappointed me. The fact that one out of every three millennials that they polled, at least that were 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 on board with this dude, like I just it just upsets me that I thought we were better than that. Like I thought if you had told me one in every ten, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Ninety percent is way bigger than ten percent like i can live with that but a third i'm like my question is and i I'm, i live in texas obviously and i'm from louisiana so this is, might sound like a dumb question but i'm like who the fuck are these people like where are these people where are these 20 year olds that are like yeah that dude's speaking the truth right now i'm like who the fuck are you bro like where are these people like but i know where they are i know where they Hi. are i just don't they're, they're
1: sitting next to you and they're in the grocery store with you and they are they're they're everywhere they have their communities. yeah i i understand honestly and not that i understand like nonsense or how you know you could think that this man is a good person or anything like that but i really do to be inclusive understand the thought that like we need to pick somebody who's different and I could even understand how a young person could think that because young people, you know, people our age are looking for their shot, they're looking for their chance and I could see how some people would come to form a conclusion that they want to give somebody a chance, you know?
0: And they want, I just with my, my larger issue is I know, I, <laughs> I know. My larger issue is that I feel like his platform was about making America great again, right? Like make America right. great again, right? I really,
1: really like the skit that I don't remember who did it, <laughs> but it was like, tell me when America was last great, and they were like, oh, 1950s, and they were like, oh, you mean like the segregation and everything, like that was great, right? And they're
0: well, like, what? Also, oh. it's like, what? Do, what? Like, I, I was born in 1990, so I'm kind of like, if we if we've if we agree on the establishment that uh, millennials are. 1980 to 2000 right so i'm i'm kind of right in the middle more or less okay. right i don't know what why someone my age or around my age what do you mean like what when someone tells you let's make america great again what again are you specifically talking about i understand a baby boomer i understand a gen x or i may even understand like i understand them because they probably were around for the 80s and the Six, like uh, the '80s when things were great again, and some of them might have been around for the '50s. Who knows? My point is, you have like people my age and our age don't have a basis for great again. So what are you, what are you trying to roll back here? Like that's, that's honestly, he's just got
1: some really really good rhetoric people on his team. Yeah, because I feel like people asked him like what makes America great or what, what's bad, or to make it great again. I don't know that we ever truly got an answer to that question. But to actually answer your question about this this one-third of the population, yeah. I would like to think that a lot of them were in the same mindset that we were and just on the opposite side. No, I say that we were. Uh, in that same mindset that a lot of people were in about the lesser of two evils, but yeah. they were on the wrong side of it. Because I think some people probably equate political evil more than sexism and misogyny and mm. this rape-esque culture that he...
0: This very aggressive culture.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good word. Uh, that he disseminates.
0: Yeah, and he promotes And
1: yeah. some people don't, maybe don't necessarily... I think this whole new – this is new to a lot of people, this sexism, feminism, misogyny, all this stuff is still fairly new, and a lot of people are still exploring what it means to them. And maybe some of those people haven't necessarily figured out exactly what it means to them or how it truly affects them in their daily lives just yet. Mm -hmm. And that's how they maybe equated in their mind that it was okay to vote for this person – to vote this man into the highest office in our land. Yeah. Yeah, that's all i got without well, being overly judgmental like these are horrible people <laughs> cuz they're not all horrible people
0: okay last question and we'll go to the questionnaire cool. and this is the this is the cherry on top right all right are you optimistic about our generation
1: i think we have a lot of potential to make a lot of the changes or to to be the change that this nation needs. I think we have some fantastic individuals. I mean, even just people that I know personally, and I see the things that they're doing now, and I'm like, holy crap, like, you worked your butt off to get here, and that's just fantastic. I think we have some fantastic people in this generation, and I know that we can do such great things, and the best part is that we are coming together to do it. If we can just silence some of these awful voices because you know the the, the few know yeah. that they have to speak louder to be heard mm-hmm. so they're the ones who are shouting the loudest and it makes it sound like there are so many of them but there really aren't because they know that they have to shout the loudest to be heard.
0: I totally agree I totally agree um, I, w- I am optimistic I remain optimistic about our generation like I think we're,
1: all, we're great people i know we are
0: i know even yeah
1: even people that you you're like even when people say things or do things and you're like how could you say or do that even those people have redeeming qualities that you're like you know what you know what you're you're a jerk on twitter but i can teach you something and one day you will see how what you've done is wrong and that's okay with me in in, in minor wrongdoings it is not in yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're not talking about criminals here. We're No, no, no. We're not talking about criminals. We're not
1: talking about anything like that. I just – I mean like you think it's okay to use the R word yeah, in Facebook comments and it's like one day you will see the error of your ways and you will understand why that's not okay.
0: And it's our job to not, to not let them forget their mistakes in the past but not to necessarily – we need Don't to be open. It, yeah. yeah, we need to turn the other cheek and all that bullshit. But I will say on one last note before we get to the questionnaire that I am – I am still optimistic. I do believe we have potential. I, I completely agree with everything you said, but I will say, like I, like I said, like I started with, I'm worried that our materialism tied to our vanity could be a distraction on our part. That we might fall in trappings of previous generations that bought into on of consumerism. I'm worried about that, but it's not. It's not impossible. It's not a mountain we can't climb. But I, I worry about that. And I am this past. That thirty-two percent, thirty-three percent of our generation that did support our president—that—that that definitely, my optimism did take a hit. It—it—I it, it, I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed. You may be thinking I'm focusing on the thirty-two percent, not the sixty—you know, sixty-eight percent that. Which
1: is important to remember, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. For, for t- the record. record uh,
1: with that being said, that goes back to what I was just saying about being able to make up for those types of things and going okay I, I understand yes know what I did wrong yeah and
0: yeah. I can be better This was great man this was a great chat it's exactly what I wanted You ready for the questionnaire I'm really interested I'm ready. to see what Did I have the what boards you question on there Did I ask you that It is there Okay what, what was your first car
1: My first car was a cobalt blue 2008
0: Mustang Oh yeah Yep Oh, that car was a classic. (laughs) I
1: loved my Mustang so much. I just remember walking onto the lot, and my mom brought me onto the Ford lot to look at this Mazda that a guy bought brand new and it had like 1200 miles on it but he had some kind of like nerve condition in his leg and about the car agitated his nerve condition so he traded it in after 1200 miles my mom was like this mazda is perfect and the blue mustang was the very first one on the lot and i didn't make it past the mustang i never even actually saw the mazda i don't even know what color it
0: was What bores you or what is the most boring thing you can think of?
1: In good company, I could never be bored. But when I imagine the most boring thing that I can think of, all that I can see is a gray office building with little cubicles and people inside of cubicles and I just hear typing. That sounds like the most boring thing that I could possibly think of. Like In good company, I will never be bored. It does not matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter if we are just chatting, watching an awful movie, or, you know, sitting quietly and just having each other's company. I will never be bored. But that that vision of those cubicles, that, like, makes
0: my head hurt. What bores me is the absence of music. Like, if I have to do something and I, I don't have the option of listening to music, or listening to something to pass the time, that's boring to me. Like, if I had to... I th- I, could, I think back to when we worked at that grocery store was fronting. When we had to front, I hated no, fronting. But, but the times that nobody cared and I could listen to music while I do it, I was alright yeah. with it. So I realized, I was like, as long as I have something, even, no matter what I'm doing, as long as there's something entertaining about it, or something an aspect that can be entertaining where I'm like listening to music or listening to something fun with something like that or talking to good people. Like, like if you front with someone on the same aisle, which they always discouraged, but we always found a way <laughs> needs something to like make this fun, like, or something.
1: And I, and I like music, but for me, the thing is I don't necessarily have a type of music. Like I listen to the radio and it doesn't really matter to me, but it's, it's company to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's the ability
1: to be around someone and just be myself, you know,
0: word, Okay. Uh, Who is your role model? Um. Uh,
1: so I thought really long and hard about this question. Okay. And I'm going to have to say that my role models and I I was gonna say my mom. Yeah. But when I really thought about it. My role model is more like Michelle Obama. But my mom remind Michelle Obama reminds me a lot of my mother. Yeah. So in that same breath, I'll have to go there. I just love I love her attitude. I love her mannerisms. I love her outlook on life. I love how hard she's worked and how she can acknowledge where she's been. But all of that is the exact same for my mother. So if I have to pick a famous person kind of thing, you know, who will I ever have dinner with type thing, I'd pick Michelle Obama just because I can probably have dinner with my mom whenever I want to. So that's nice. Yeah.
0: My uh, Elizabeth Warren reminds me of my mom. really I'll, Yeah, very much so. Hmm. I've never met your mom, so. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, you'd like her. She's, uh, uh I, I, I'll I put this on the record. I say this all the time, but I'll put it out there. Is I, I receive all my redeeming qualities from my mother. Well, that's
1: nice. Yes. That's nice to say about somebody.
0: Shark diving, bungee jumping, or skydiving? Shark diving freaks me out. Good. Um, I was worried you were going to say that, and I would have to. Hell, no. I'm, I'm totally, <laughs> totally, good on the shark diving. Um, the only thing that
1: I'll say about the shark diving, though, is that uh, my friend is an avid diver, and I keep telling him that one day he's going to get bit by a shark. But
0: oh shit, really?
1: Yes, he's an avid diver.
0: Oh, don't let me ever meet this dude because if it comes up, I'm going to have to be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> what are you doing do you not want to live are you interested in dying (laughs) do you want to No, he's he's an avid
1: diver like i just remember like one of the first weeks that i like knew him i'm like hey what are you doing he's like oh i'm in florida and i'm uh we're we're doing a conservation dive we're gonna go check tags on sharks i'm like what Uh,
0: so (laughs) so what would you pick what would you do
1: cool with either bungee jumping or skydiving i have been bungee dumping and i enjoyed it very very much and would totally do it again but skydiving is definitely next on my list my dad said that he and i were going to do it when he turned 50 and um he it, it just kind of didn't materialize but we're going on a cruise in december and i am going to skydive in belize it's going to happen
0: nice belize yeah that sounds awesome yeah. coke pepsi or other
1: John, you know the answer to this. I'm a I'm a I'm a Coke product girl, but I'm a diet coke. Girl. Oh, you're
0: one of the does that make you hashtag basic?
1: It might, but the <laughs> problem is, like, I've I've literally been, I was raised on Diet Coke. Like my older brother makes fun of us because he's like, y'all were like six and y'all being myself and my younger brother, he's like, y'all were like six and seven years old going like, I want chicken nuggets and a Diet Coke. And he's like, what the hell do y'all know about freaking Diet Coke? (laughs) So I've just, it's always been Diet Coke for me.
0: I'm Pepsi all day. Pepsi all day, every day. Coke is fine. I don't, I will drink it. But if you give me an option, I will pick Pepsi every single day. Actually, I no, would choose um, I would choose Root beer, but Pepsi is definitely one in that one.
1: I am that person who's like in the restaurant and I'm like, yeah, can I get a diet coke? And they're like, is Pepsi fun? I'm like, is Monopoly money okay, bitch? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one. Like,
1: <laughs> I, I did not take credit for that. I saw it on the internet somewhere, but like that's that's me. Like, hell no, Pepsi is not okay. I <laughs> want water now. Is it Coke water or Pepsi water?
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you Okay, so let's say you unexpectedly got an afternoon off. Like, your boss is like, hey, man, you don't have to come in from lunch. Just go home, enjoy the rest of your day. What would you do?
1: If it was unexpected, I guarantee you, I'm just sitting at home. I'm going to be like the best. And I'm going to go home, and I'm probably going to take a nap.
0: Uh, yeah, I would probably – I would – if I was, depending on where I was, if I was leaving from work, I would probably, there's a movie theater right by where I work. I might go try and watch a movie. But if I'm like, like if I was home for some reason, they're like, hey, you can mm-hmm. stay home the rest of the day. I'd be like, cool, nap time.
1: Yeah. If it was an unexpected day off, like where I really didn't have time to
0: plan anything, because oh. I know you can go to the movies by yourself. Oh, I can, it's the best. I can I, I can sit in a bar by
1: myself. But like, so you're also a lot, you are... A lot more focused on the movie-going experience than yes. I am. Like yes. I just remember when you were saying like you wouldn't go to the to the uh, movie tavern place because it was too much commotion and too much movement. Yes. Like I don't care about that. Yeah. Like I it have doesn't a, bother me. I have
0: a coworker who uh, Blade Runner the sequels coming out uh, this weekend, and she and her husband were going to go see it, and like you want to come along? They're like, I'm like, yeah, I, I went and saw it with them, and it was really fun. Uh, but they're like, but we like to go to Alamo, Alamo Draft House, which is kind of like the movie tavern thing. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm like, they're like, why? I was like, well, one, I want to see this in IMAX 3D because it's a visual spectacle and IMAX is the best way to watch those type of movies. But also, I just, I don't go to the movie theater to eat. I don't go to the movie theater to like, I mean, besides like obviously candy or popcorn. I don't go for a meal. I don't go for a dining experience. I go... I, this is gonna sound pretentious and film snobbery as fuck. Bear with me. But I go, but going to the movies is like going to church for me. It's a very solemn, very sacred place. It's a very, it's. I'm there for a purpose. I'm there to get something from it. I'm there to enjoy myself. And it's it's a it's the pinnacle of like. Some people like to go to the park. Some people like to hike. Some people like to ride their bikes. Some people like to go dive into a lake and swim. My thing is, I like to go to the movies. That is my fa- one of my favorite things on the planet, and I just think that that kind of stuff it takes away from the viewing experience. and It's more about the like dining experience, which I'm like, why don't you just go eat like before you go to the movie? Why? I mean,
1: like, I just I like it, and see, because like I have no, I have no,
0: um... you don't have the reverence for it.
1: No, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I yeah, don't. I As a matter that. of fact, if I'm seeing like a really scary movie, I actually like will probably pick like the the more populated theater because yeah. I kind of like when everybody's like shouting. Like I remember seeing oh. Get Out in a really like packed theater <laughs> and like it was like an experience to be like with the audience where like everybody was like, oh, and then like they cheered and it was like, oh, shit. It was like, get the hell out of there, man! Like that—that's funny to me, you know. And like, I enjoy that.
0: I mean, Whereas I, I mean, feel
1: like that would piss you off in some
0: cases. In some cases, in comedies, like get out, that would probably have been hilarious. But it was hilarious. It was great. But I don't like. I I, I will say I do like like Alamo Draft House has, and I think a lot of movie theaters are embracing recliners, which I'm totally down with. Love a good love a good recliner when I'm watching yeah. a movie. But it's just. I go there for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to watch, to be engaged in escapism, and like to be engrossed by this experience. And I just think it's like dining is a distraction. Like I, I obviously, besides popcorn and candy and like your soda, or your icy or whatever, that's cool. That's I'm I've, I've uh, that's part of the experience, but it's like it's just it feels like it's it it just doesn't make sense to me. I I'd rather not. it's not it's probably
1: and that's probably where we differ because i think when i go to the movies i choose to do it to go with someone else like even if there's a movie that is coming out that i really want to see if nobody's coming with me i'm gonna wait until it gets on dvd or on netflix or something like that because i need to be with somebody else i want somebody to come with me i want somebody to experience it with me i need that We're sitting in the previews and it's like, holy shit, I want to see that. Or, like, that movie looks terrible. Like, I
0: like that. I'm a terrible movie date because all I want to do is just focus and not chat about anything while we're, like... Like, while while anything's going on. Uh, Your date probably... Your dates think that they're like, wow, he hates me. (laughs) Well, no, usually I like to hold their hand or, like, make a move. If it's a movie, I'm just there to get... If I'm there to watch the movie, I'm not going to try anything. But if I'm there to, like... On a date date, like with a girl, I like, yes, I will try and make a move here, but, uh, <laughs> no, but I just. Of course you would. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I just, I, if I had the money, I would rent out a private theater every time. I believe that. Yeah. Okay. So what do you love the most and what do you hate the most about you? You currently live in Baton Rouge, but you're also from Laplace, right?
1: Yes, that's so you, correct.
0: So you can do either or if you want it. It's all the same. Um,
1: I'll, I'll give you both. Okay. So I'll start with Laplace. I love the sense of community in Laplace. Everybody knows everybody. And, you know, no secret is safe. Like, it's just the way it is. But it's it, like in a good way, not like secret. But yeah. like in a good way, everybody knows everything. Everybody is celebrating everybody's weddings and babies and everything like that. It's a great sense of community um hate small towns. I'm I am not really a small town person. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a big city person. Like I don't think I could ever live in New Orleans, but if I had to pick a different city like in that area, I would probably have gone more like Metairie because yeah. it's like big city near the Near the bigger city, but not small town mentality. Yeah, Baton
0: Rouge Rouge seems to fit you nicely then.
1: I enjoy living in Baton Rouge, and that's one thing I like about it is that I have my community, and I have this place where perhaps I do know everybody, you know, hence, you know, like the LSU area and stuff like that. Like, I have places where I can go where I know that I'm going to see somebody that I know every time, you know? But... I can also travel far enough and say, you know what? No, because there are plenty of things that I have not done in this city, and there are plenty of places that I have not been, which is great. Yeah. Um, as for don't like, there is a very serious poverty issue in Baton Rouge, and yeah. I find it when I like look around. Like we've got like the richest of the rich people living next door to the poorest of the poor, and I, I, I don't. I don't always know how to take that. I mean, obviously, you know, the area that I currently live in is right on the outskirts of a not-so-great neighborhood. But the weird thing about it is if you drive in a complete circle down Nicholson, up Bluebonnet, back down Burbank, and back down Gardier— it's like one little circle yeah. of of not so greatness that's becoming smaller and smaller every time you look around because those people are getting pushed out, and I don't necessarily know how I feel about that, you know.
0: Well, it's weird. If it helps, I don't know if it does, if it will, but I don't think that's exclusive to Baton Rouge. I think that's a problem that's facing the entire country. So, and I I,
1: I totally agree with you. You know, the gentrification and stuff like that we're putting. People who are um, disadvantaged, kind of back them into a corner. Yeah. Like, get the hell out of here, you know. And and I just I don't know what kind of effect that's going to have on America. Period. You know.
0: Okay. So Uh hard right turn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever used a pickup line, or one, or has one ever been used on you? So when I read this question, there's one story that comes to mind. There was this
1: guy. It's it's a very interesting story. There was this guy. It was my freshman year in college, and I'm in a biology class, like one of those biology classes that's got like 500 people in it, right? Nice. And I'm a sit-in-the-front-row kind of girl. So I'm sitting up front, and this guy is, sits behind that me. That is
0: so you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a sit-in-the-front-row kind of girl. Um, and introduce myself to the professor after class, too. Oh, my God.
0: Um,
1: yeah, it was that one. this guy sits behind me and he you know he's chatting with me you know yada 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 but then it became like a thing like every day he sat behind me so eventually he like made his move and he you know he asked me out and I was like you know I don't really know I'm just getting to college I'm I'm just I'm not really trying to do anything like that right now you know I'm not trying to be hammered down in one place right now and he was like okay that's fine that's fine so this one night I'm at a bar and they're having a stoplight party so what that means is if oh, you're in a yeah, relationship yeah, 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 yeah. If you're in a relationship you wear a red shirt if you're kind of on the fence about it you wear a yellow shirt and if you are good to go single and ready to mingle you wear a green shirt words. For no particular reason, not that I was I was single, I was not seeing anybody at the time, but not that I was like single and ready to mingle, but I had this brand new green shirt that I was like, this shirt is the bomb. This is the shirt that I'm wearing. So I wear the so I wear the shirt, right? Lo and behold, he's there. Oh no. And he walks he walks up to me and he says, "Green shirt, huh? Does that mean I can pass go and collect $200?" Oh,
0: oh my god.
1: So That is the story that comes to mind anytime somebody asks me about a pickup line. So, there's that. Do you think... think Does that mean
0: I can pass go and collect $200? Do you think he thought of that on the spot? Or he was like, when I see a girl there wearing a green shirt I want to get with, this is the line I'm going to use.
1: I don't know. But not that I I, know him. And as a matter of fact, just because we happen to have been... Uh, facebook friends all along because i added him like way in the beginning yeah um he's actually like super successful now and i, I think he's engaged um, and he's like moving to atlanta to take some big shot job or some some shit like that and i think he's engaged knowing what i know about him he probably came up with that on the spot
0: <laughs> uh well bravo to him too bad it didn't land
1: <laughs> yeah, but he but he already knew that, so
0: it's fine. <laughs> hey, man, he committed to it too. That's the thing. He, he did. Really... He
1: committed. He went. He went both feet in.
0: He jumped in with both feet. Okay. Last question. Wrapping up what I believe will be the longest episode, single episode. Uh, yes. That is not a two-parter. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, last question. Last question. Where? Okay. What's your dream vacation?
1: I really want to stay in one of those. Things that you see on Facebook where it's like the little hut and it's like way out in the ocean and you have to like go all the way down the pier to get to it. That's what I want to do.
0: No, that. Yep. I, I don't.
1: That That is exactly what I want to do. Like I already know that whoever I marry, my honeymoon is in Tahiti.
0: Seclusion scares me.
1: But like, you know, but not secluded because there's like 10 huts and they're connected to a larger all-inclusive resort.
0: But, but but ask them people in Puerto Rico and all them Caribbean islands about that hurricane that stranded them and f- screwed them over. I, I like being in the middle of a city. Like, I cannot – like, the idea of being away from, like, not civilization, but, like, being, like, isolated like that, like on an uh, island, that terrifies me.
1: No, I definitely know that I want to do, like, Tahiti, the French Polynesian, the Maldives for my honeymoon, and I want to stay – out in the water, off a pier, off of an all-inclusive resort, not, like, in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah. Off of a resort, and stay in one of those little huts that's, like, way out in the water, and it looks like a little hut, but it's not really just a hut.
0: All I think—you're ab- <laughs> gonna call me a fucking city. All I think is no Wi-Fi, no internet, no— it's
1: okay, John, but if it's your honeymoon—
0: I guess. The idea of being in one of those little huts in a resort on an island out in the ocean— I just think I'm like I kind of want to be able to like I don't know. Well, then you go to the resort though. I, see, like, I like being surrounded by like familiarity and like something. I'm like I like being in a city. I just like being in a city. I don't like being. no nope. I don't. I don't even like really being isolated per, per se at all. Like I'm like I like I, I live alone, but I, I and I am kind of solitary. But I don't like being isolated. I can't. I, I like. I want to be able to like. Okay. Whatever I need is in driving distance. You know what I'm saying? Well, but
1: I'm not. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. But yeah. definitely want all-inclusive resort, little hut out in the ocean. Walk down the pier to get to the main beach and yeah. the dinner and the, yeah. the spa and everything. Like I want all to be like right there.
0: Yeah. But I feel That's you. a dream. Okay. Well, we just this recording just crossed two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I got to edit this all tomorrow night. Well, but keep it.
1: Keep in mind, we also have like. 20 minutes of, like, regular
0: undocumented conversation. No, 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 I cut that out, I cut that out, I uh, I restarted the recording. Uh, uh, well, well, oh, the recording went two hours, okay, uh, yep, yep, that, yep, yep, that's I, right uh, I probably can trim this down under two hours, because we're only at mm-hmm. 2.30 right now. Two, two, and you've two got and a lot of
1: editing
0: to do. Well, no, actually, I'm going to keep a lot of it, I just, there's, just need some trimming, this is going to be a longer. I knew this is going to be a long episode, because it's like, we ta- we tackled a lot and it's a big topic and we barely scratched the surface just on two hours. But that's true. But thank you, Jazz. This was a lot of fun. I'm Little glad thanks. we got to do it this. It was
1: fun. And it was nice to catch up and chit
0: chat. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, let's keep all that stuff that we talked about off the record, off the record. All right. Let's let's, let's off the record. Let's we were on the it. trust tree, all right? <laughs> trust trees. Trust fall, trust tree. Uh, yeah. The circle. What is <laughs> the, the circle of solitude. There you go. Fine. Okay. All right guys, thanks for <laughs> listening. Uh Jazz have a great rest of your evening. All right, John. Alright, bye. What in the world is one in the world, one in the